If you can build technology that really supports the business as opposed to try to like hijack the experience, then, you know, people will gravitate towards that and, and you'll, you'll really be able to develop closer, at, at least what we've seen, closer customer relationships. What's up, Zach Oteer, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give Innovation, Growth Strategies for Restaurants and Retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Tomer Molovinsky, the co-founder and CEO of Per Diem, a technology to help local businesses build subscription programs. He is bringing 24 years of hospitality experience and two and a half years of military experience to the table. As you know, previously he was the co-founder of Farm Source, managing partner in Malatang, product leadership roles at Open Table and Resi, just to name a few things that he's done in the last two and a half decades. And it's unbelievable because you only look like you're 24 years old, man. Like, how have you done so much stuff, Tomer? Hey, man, you got to move fast. This industry uh, takes no prisoners, so. <laughs> I know, I feel like I'm, anyway, I, I have like half the experience you do and 10 times the gray beard you do, so. Well, the interesting part on that is I, I started like when I was going to school, uh, my brother's a restaurateur, so I was working at his restaurants, but my mind was always on school and what I wanted to do later on. But then I ended up applying everything I learned in those, you know, in those weekend shifts that I was working to my future career and everything I learned in school kind of stayed in school. <laughs> <laughs> well, ain't that the case sometimes? And, and through this, through this like really interesting career you've had, um, you have sprouted this this beautiful flower called per diem and I, I and i heard about it first we were in a uh, we were pitching in like a shark tank like scenario uh recently and was really impressed with your pitch and you and wanted to learn a little bit more about per diem and share that with our listeners um so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about per diem yeah definitely so per diem as you mentioned we basically we make it easy for local coffee shops bakeries restaurants to sell subscriptions so we give them kind of a plug and play modal that they can just add a button on their website open it up it looks kind of just like a regular online store you'd see with square or, or doordash or whoever but the difference being is that we offer this subscribe and save um, type of experience where as opposed to doing just one-time purchases, you can really opt in and get whatever it is. If it's a loaf of bread, if it's a veggie basket, or if it's a meal kit, you can get that weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however, however the restaurateur in this scenario would decide. And then it's kind of just uh, on autopilot. So if you think about the nice thing, uh, especially today when more and more people are doing takeout and delivery, you kind of have to remarket to all those people over and over again. So if you can figure out a way to just get them in once, and then you have that repeat order, then you're really tapping into to something that's that's really nice, and you're able to personalize that experience. So um, so yeah, that's more or less what we're doing. Um, and yeah, we are we found our sweet spot so far, mostly in like bakeries and coffee shops, but we're starting more and more to get interest from restaurants and restaurant groups. And especially, you know, as restaurants are becoming, I would say, more like omni-channel, where they're not just doing in-store, but mm -hmm. they're starting to, obviously, since the pandemic, do more delivery and, and even shipping. Um, so that's where we found to be, we're, we're starting to get some interest around that as well. 
Awesome. Well, you know, I, I read the TechCrunch article uh, f- that was written about you when you were in Y Combinator and after you'd raised your seed round. And you talked about how you were helping to helping these businesses to build their own Amazon Prime. Now, I, I get that with, you know, toothpaste and socks. And how does that work for restaurants, for bakery and coffee shops? Like walk me through the actual mechanics of I'm a customer. What am I what am I buying uh, on a on a regular basis. So yeah, so it does depend whether the experience itself is in store or via delivery. So for the in store experience, you're basically we're giving you essentially like a digital punch card. So let's say for a coffee shop, or it could be for for a regular meal, uh, you'll go you'll prepay for X amount of orders. So let's say you'll prepay for a week's worth of, co- of coffee. Um, and then you basically have that on your account. And you can come at any time, you just uh, scan a QR code, tap a button and you show that to the barista and it basically punches one of those slots on your punch card, if you will. Um, Got it. Yeah. So I did this, now thinking about this, I used to work across the street from, uh, from this like place that sold really good sodas, like, you know, you could fancy sodas and stuff. So I would buy, I would buy 12 sodas and that got me two sodas free in terms of, but I, I bought the card up front and then right. they had the revenue and I, they would come in and just punch the card. But I was like, well, yeah, of course I'll do that. I get, I get, you know, soda every day at three o'clock. Um, so same concept, right? And yeah. And the brilliant thing about it, that honestly, when we were designing it, we didn't realize, but as we implemented the experience, we did realize is eliminating that credit card back and forth and just the immediate stick your credit card in and everything's just like a, a transaction based what this does what this does is when you prepay for the experience well then you're on a first name basis with the business so i go to yeah. get my coffee it's like hey it's tomer i have an americano subscription the second time i'm there the barista already knows my name and we develop more personal experience and then i feel closer to the place they know me and everything kind of gels from there so it's it's interesting it's what we've learned is if you can build technology that really supports the business as opposed to try to like hijack the experience, then, you know, people will gravitate towards that. And, and you'll, you'll really be able to develop closer, at, at least what we've seen, closer customer relationships, just because it is a bit of more personal, hey, I'm Tomer here to pick up my, my uh, you know, latte or whatever. And it just, it, it makes it a little bit closer. And a lot of the merchants we work with, you know, part of their mission is to create a community uh, amongst their users and, and just to create like a, a good vibe. So it, it does help along those lines to really uh, uh, do that. And so that's one of the experience. Another experience is, hey, you simply, uh, we work with bakeries and if I love your bread, um, as opposed to just one-time orders, again, I can get my, uh, your bread delivered to me on a weekly, on a bi-weekly basis. Um, and then week to week, I'll just go ahead and add, you know, let's say you're selling some pastries this week too. I'll add that to my order. So it's kind of like that Amazon experience where I can add things to the order, but I know, I know I always have something coming to me. So, um, so yeah, those are a few of the different types of experiences that we power. Love that. And I think that the neat thing about this is in technology, there's something called monthly recurring revenue. And this is why a restaurant will get sold at maybe, you know, 4X EBITDA, 5X, whatever. And a tech company will get sold at 20X revenue. Why is because you have this recurring revenue. You have a card that's on file that's getting charged. Now, there are, there are some restaurants who, are, who figured this out. 
You know, like look at Cooper Hawk, Cooper's Hawk. They, um, not a huge restaurant and they were sold at incredible multiples. Why? Because they had 350,000 members in their wine club, right? Look at Sweet Greens. Why are they trading like a technology company? Because they've built the technology to back it. And I love the fact that what you're doing here is you're taking what these, what these, you know, the, the big, the big players out there do for their company, these individual, you know, really forward thinking restaurants have started to build themselves. And now by you building it, you're able to disperse it among, you know, uh, to, to anyone to really start to, to leverage the benefits of having this recurring revenue model. And again, we talk about it all the time in this podcast. You don't have a, you know, a one revenue stream with four walls anymore. You have an omni-channel business and whether it's subscriptions, merchandise, virtual kitchens, whatever the case may be, there's opportunities to, uh, to, to make more revenue with the space you have to reach that theoretical potential of your restaurant. 100%. And we were inspired early on um, by Panera Bread. So they're another, another uh, group that implemented an unlimited coffee subscription. And, you know, the light kind of went on for us. It's like, wow, before they even pour a cup of coffee every month, you know, they're charging $9.99 or whatever it is. They sold 500,000 subscriptions. So before they even pour one cup of coffee, they're guaranteed $5 million uh, in MRR in the bank for that month. And that's, that's wild. And then you think on top of that, well, if I'm going to get my coffee, I'm just not getting my coffee. I'm going to get a pastry. I'm uh-huh. going to get a bagel, whatever it is. So it, it creates these add-on, add-on incentives, add-on opportunities to, to add on, to cross-sell, what have you. And that's where the magic is really. And that's where you build that loyalty time and again. And you really, not only you're able to, um, to build on that and get that recurring revenue, but you're really able to, uh, up the amount of times that person's going to be in your store or just going to be ordering from you in general. So you I have mean, the think, engagement overall. Right. Th- no, no, no. Think about this. You, you go into, you, you want to go see a movie. What movie theater do you go to? Whichever one is most convenient, right? Right. If you want to watch a show on a streaming service, what streaming service do you go to? Like the one you're paying for. Right. And so that <laughs> that's the benefit is like the, the loyalty lies in where you have the subscriptions and um, just as the, the bank that owns your direct deposit owns you as a customer, the service that owns your subscriptions owns you as a customer. And so I think that's, that's a really critical mentality. They've already invested in you when they're, when they're doing these, uh, these subscriptions. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned Open Table earlier. I remember for years, Open Table was in Germany. And actually in Germany, they have a dining concept for this. It's called Stammtisch. And so what Stammtisch is- Of course the is, Germans have some word for everything. <laughs> I mean, <that's... laughs> but it's essentially what it means is, hey, uh, Friday night, six o'clock, there's four of us have a table for us ready every week. And if you think about it, that is the equivalent of a dining subscription. It's like, hey, this is like, I want this on, on the weekly. And it's really a traditional thing there. Uh, for whatever reason, it became a part of like German culture. It never made its way over here. But you think of like, if you can get, and this is, you know, what like the New York Times has done, as opposed to selling advertising, you're selling subscriptions. And once you can do that, to your point, you're, you know, it, it's a lot more lucrative of a business because you can count that recurring revenue in 
And, uh, but if you could get that in a restaurant to 10 or 20% of your customers that are that frequent coming in on a recurring basis, I mean, that's, that's just a total game changer. Because then the objective is, okay, let's, let's bump this up a percent this month, uh, this month, right? Whereas in a restaurant, guess what happens on month on day one of the month, you're starting over, you're starting from zero. Whereas if you can start with this recurring revenue, and then you're starting that month with, you know, a few thousand dollars to start off, and then you could just grow it from there. uh, That's, that's the stability of having these, these recurring revenue. And and that's the reason why, you know, Tom, it's interesting, because normally with my guests, we talk beforehand so I could learn a little bit more about their company. When I saw your company, I was like, no, I need to have them on the podcast because <laughs> I, I just believe so much in recurring revenue. And it's something that it's hard in the restaurant industry to, to figure it out. So t- t- let's talk a little bit about the, you know, how does subscription in your mind play into the future of restaurants? I mean, you've, you've been in this space for a long time, working with some very big companies, um, would love to kind of get your thoughts on the, the future of restaurants. Yeah, so definitely. I think this fits in. I, I think after the pandemic, a lot of restaurants are realizing, even though even if your core is the in-store experience, I think a lot of restaurants are realizing omni-channel is always like a marketing buzzword. But like that's an important thing nowadays, you know, whether that's a catering business that you're building or whether it is delivery or, or what have you. Uh, you even see now you see, uh, you know, Michelin star restaurants that are shipping shipping nationally you know so i think that is important to which make sure that- which three years ago you go and you talk to a chef and you say hey can you uh can you like ship your pork chops to utah they're going to be like uh no right <laughs> right and but it turns it, out it's common now yeah and it turns out that the margins on on that are great so it's like it's totally worth it for the restaurant to do it you know totally and- i i paid you know they didn't have to pay for certain for a waiter they didn't have to pay for me to take up a table and I paid $95 to have two small pork chops sent from Perry's Steakhouse in Dallas, Texas to Utah for mine and my wife's anniversary, right? They didn't have to pay for the dishwasher. They didn't have, so yeah, I mean, like I paid more than I would have going to the restaurant and I got less and I wasn't taking up uh, their, their air. And so I think that there's opportunities there, um, especially when you have some some really good products. Yeah, and, and it doesn't mean that it has to overtake your core business, but it's good to supplement your core business with those with those additional, you know, so long as you can support it. So I think the future, you know, more and more, I, I think you'll see that evolve, you know, kind of like it's hard to imagine the classic restaurant of just like, you know, I'm sure there, there are some that'll still just be like, hey, it's an in-store experience and that's it. And some that do it amazing. I was just at Hillstone the other day, you know, there it's, they haven't skipped a beat and it's like, it's the same experience and they don't even do, you know, they don't even do takeout, but that's like one brand that maybe doesn't need to do it. But I think, I think uh, many of us out there are seeing that, hey, during the pandemic, people did have to diversify. They did have to learn new things. And, and so I think that is important. Um, the other thing, I think the more you can be personalized, I think that's kind of, you know, I worked on loyalty at Resi and realized just like a personalized experience, you know, no matter who you are, that's going to be more and more important. And I think it's hard to do it because tech can be like so omnipresent and in your face. But I think the magic of the personalization is really if it's kind of the techs in the background and it helps support that staff, give that warm experience. 
I remember, for instance, at OpenTable, we were playing with a prototype for waitlist. And the idea was someone could add, add themselves to the waitlist uh, remotely. But then we had like Beacon. So right when that person came in, they had our app, uh, their photo would kind of pop up. And so if you can imagine like the host having like the ability to, to say, hey, Zach, you know, and just identify you because, hey, you're walking in, I see your glasses, a picture pops up, boom, I make that connection. Uh, wow, that makes such a difference in terms of like the first few minutes here in the restaurant, which in a lot of instances, that can be your whole experience. If that first 10 minutes goes, goes awry, then you might've lost that person for the whole meal, or it might be really hard to like get them back and, and, and what have you. So, um, so yeah, I think personalization, but to the extent possible, keeping the tech kind of, you know, in the background and enabling, you know, the front of house staff to really do their thing. Like it. Absolutely. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. So what do you think is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays, Domer? Uh, totally. Knowing your guests, knowing, knowing who they are, their preferences, and making it seem like seamless and, and just like, you know, nobody wants to be, have their head like in a monitor. Again, just, uh -huh. just like what I was saying, like Zach walks in, I know that this is the thing he likes. I know the bottle of wine he likes, uh, but I don't, that it doesn't have to be like an extraneous activity. Like I can just have that, that, that information at my fingertips. So I think like that personalized guest experience is, is what, what really creates like a, a bond between the customer and that business and really builds that repeat and regular kind of status that that person would have. So the extent that you could double down on that, uh, that would be my advice. Cool. And what are some successful things that you have seen or tried lately? So recently, uh, over the holidays, we launched a gifts feature that was huge. I mean, that's nothing new to restaurants. Um, obviously, we're doing subscriptions, so gifts are a little bit different in that context. Um, but we found that actually, yeah, especially uh, certain types of venues, like, um, you know, as I mentioned, we work with a lot of bakeries. So for instance, um, it might not make sense for me to get like a dozen donuts every week, but hey, I'd love to gift that to somebody if it's their birthday and then have that kind of, maybe it repeats mm. every month or something like that. And it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. So uh, that's one thing that we've done that was really successful, especially around the holidays, but we just see it kind of uh, people buying gifts for other people. Pretty, it's kind of one of those, I don't want to say viral, but it's like something where it's like, oh, I had this really nice experience. I got this awesome meal or whatever. I want to pass that along to someone else. Yeah. Um, so that's been something that, again, you know, gift cards is nothing new to the restaurant industry, um, but something that we implemented as part of our experience. And we found a lot of success with that. Um, and then I think, as I mentioned before, the ability, um, we've focused more and more on the ability to upsell and cross-sell. So for instance, when you're subscribed now uh, to a per diem restaurant, bakery, whatever it is, and let's say you get a meal kit every week, from that restaurant, well, we've built something called like, we, we're, we're dubbing it house accounts, where essentially then if you're in store or whatever it is, I can just kind of, it's like a card on file type of thing where I can just put things on your account. So it's kind of like the country club experience, if you will, where, uh -huh. and so I think it's like reducing the friction of the transaction and making it kind of just more an experience so that you can enjoy and not have to worry as, as little as that inserting the credit card in the slot seems like so insignificant. Um, it really is a barrier to what I was talking about before that kind of personalized experience, you know, it's like, 
It's only, you know, if you think about when you're in the grocery store and you just kind of stick your credit card in and it's kind of like an awkward moment. I just feel like the future of payments, every, every, the direction we're going in can be a lot more seamless in that way. And, and I think the more we get there, you'll see that restaurants and generally the hospitality industry will be able to create these like more connected experiences. Yeah. Love that. And who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry today? Who's someone that we should be following? All right, are you talking about restaurants themselves or uh, technologies or? Yeah, just people that are doing cool stuff that uh, you think worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned uh, I was in Miami recently and I just, uh, there's a restaurant group there called Kush. And what I loved about them is you felt you're in Miami and it wasn't just like whatever, but these guys knew Miami. Like all the beers were from Miami, you know, local craft beers. Um, they had like a back room at one of their restaurants and it was all this really cool, like Haitian, um, you know, nuances and the design stuff like that. Things that were like very authentic to that area that, you know, you wouldn't kind of get anywhere else. And isn't, isn't just kind of like, a, uh, you know, check the box on the Miami flamingos and what have you, but it was, <laughs> it was really authentic to the place. They had like gator strips and stuff like that. They had menu items that were very local. So, I think the extent, you know, and that's obviously not every concept would want to do that, but like, I was just very taken back by just like how local it was. And, and I think especially after like the last few years, every, everything everyone's gone through, uh, people do have a new sense of like, because people saw local stores, local restaurants closing and that hurts, you know, like, yeah, yeah when you see restaurants, you know, just kind of, you know, and the, a lot of those places are your favorites. Um, so, so I think the extent to, I think there's an opportunity, not, maybe not an opportunity, but just like, there's an appetite now for a lot of people to support local. And I think like, um, and so I think that'll be, you know, restaurants should take advantage of that to the extent possible. Um, I remember my brother always telling me like, let's take care of the people in the neighborhood. Cause those are the people that, that come back, you know? Um, yeah. I so. mean, 25% of your revenue is coming from 5% of your customers. Exactly. And so it's really critical to treat those 5% well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I'm with you. So I, I and, and I think like people gravitate towards like, hey, I'm in Brooklyn. I mean, at, at least that's where I am. You're in Utah. Um, you know, whatever is local. I don't, I, you know, like the Panera breads, they serve a purpose in the world for like convenience and, and what have you. But at the end of the day, when you're in your neighborhood, you probably want something a, more, a little bit more local than. Yeah. Know. I mean, you don't see Pete Davidson walking out of Panera. You see him at the, you know, <laughs> him and Kim at those Brooklyn hotspots. Exactly. Um, so Toma, how do people find, follow you and your brand? Yeah. So we're triperdium.com. Uh, we're on all the socials. I mean, LinkedIn, we post a lot of good stuff on there. Um, and then you can follow us on, on Instagram as well. Triperdium is the handle. Uh, but really, you know, our site and, uh, and yeah, probably LinkedIn is, is probably our most active kind of space that we're posting content. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say that, that that's a good place to start. Awesome. Well, Toma, for bringing the world one step closer to the Amazonification of restaurants, today's ovation goes to you. Thanks for joining us on Give Innovation. Amazing, Zach. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time and uh, keep it up, man. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, 
the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.